Welcome to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number five, Understanding Your Beliefs. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. How's your summer going? Some days for us it seems like summer is just flying by and other days it seems to kind of drag but we are appreciating the break from busy schedules and homework for sure. Also we've got our daughter home from college this week so we're really enjoying being all together as a family for a little while. I wanted to say a quick thank you for your feedback. Those of you who have reached out to let me know that you're enjoying this podcast and that it's helping you. I really appreciate it. I love sharing these ideas and concepts and it's really helpful for me too. In fact, I was talking to my sister the other day and telling her about a challenge that I was dealing with and I said, actually, I think I need to go back and listen to the episode I did on this a couple of weeks ago. I think the answer is in that episode. It's interesting that a lot of times we know this stuff logically, but applying it to our own situations can be a little trickier. We get kind of stuck thinking that maybe our particular challenge is a special case or that this stuff doesn't apply to certain circumstances, but it really does. So I'm still a work in progress. We all are, right? We all have these human thoughts and tendencies, and we have some really great resources at our disposal to help us navigate it all. And I've definitely seen a shift in my life um, in applying these tools and doing this work, and I'm just really grateful for it. So today we are talking about beliefs and why it's possible to believe anything we want to. And when I first heard this idea, I didn't quite understand what that meant. It sounded kind of ridiculous and almost delusional, like I can just believe whatever I want to believe. It didn't seem right or possible. But as I delved more into the idea of agency and our power to choose and what a belief actually is, I realized that it is true and that God designed it this way so that we can choose our own individual beliefs about the world, about the gospel, about each other, about ourselves, and even about him. And he's given us the ability and opportunity to choose what we will make true for ourselves. And we know that two people, let's say even two siblings who have similar genes and who are raised by the same parents in the same environment, can have very different beliefs about what's true and what's right. So this whole idea that we are choosing our beliefs and that they don't just happen to us is a powerful one because it puts us in the driver's seat. It gives us responsibility for our beliefs. And that ownership gives us the ability to change them if we want to. So some people really like this idea. It really resonates with them that they are responsible for for their beliefs. But other people don't really want that responsibility. They don't want to be the ones in charge of their thoughts and beliefs and feelings because that means work, right? It takes awareness and practice and deliberate thinking to change the things that aren't serving us. And even if we aren't utilizing it, that option is still there. That ability to change is always available to us. So if you listen to episode, I think it was number two, about the main coaching tool I use called the model, this tool is based in the idea that we have a choice. We can plug our thoughts and beliefs into the model and see what they're creating for us, and then decide if we like the results we're getting. And if we don't like them, guess what? We have the power to change them. And the key to changing our results 
is to change our thoughts and beliefs. Okay, so first let's talk about what a belief is. A belief is defined as an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. And it's a trust, faith, or confidence in something. So a belief is established when we have a thought that we think over and over again. And eventually we accept that thought, we trust in it, and put our faith and confidence in it. And if you know of Byron Katie, she really took the concept of belief to a new level with her method of questioning beliefs and really inquiring as to whether or not they're really true. And I love this quote from her. She says, a thought, which remember is just a sentence in our brain, right? A thought is harmless unless we believe it. It's not our thoughts, but our attachment to our thoughts that causes suffering. Attaching to a thought means believing that it's true without inquiring. A belief is a thought that we've just been attached to, often for years. So I love the way she describes that, that our beliefs are just thoughts, just ideas or sentences in our brain that we attach to and accept as true. And another way I've heard this described is in looking at the root of the word belief. So the word belief comes from two words. The first is be, which is a state of existence, and the other leaf, which is derived from a word meaning love. So when the two are combined, the meaning of the word belief is to be in love with, which goes along with Byron Katie's description of a belief as something we're attached to, something that we love, something that we're loyal to. And so this ability to believe in something means that we don't have to know it for a fact, we just need to love it and attach ourselves to it. And if you think about your beliefs, they aren't just in your mind. When you have a belief, a thought you've accepted and attached to, that belief creates an emotion that you feel in your body, right? A lot of times my conviction to a belief prompts an emotion that I feel in my chest, like it's in my heart. And it's a powerful feeling that drives me to act in alignment with that belief. So if you look at the self-coaching model, our beliefs or thoughts trigger emotions for us, which then drive our actions. And the result is that we continue to reinforce that belief and make it true for ourselves. Okay, so let's look at some examples of what beliefs can create for us. We can look all throughout history and find examples of people who accomplished remarkable things because of their beliefs. We just celebrated the 4th of July last week, and I was thinking about the Founding Fathers and the incredible work they did to establish our nation. Their actions were driven by their beliefs and convictions about the importance of this new country and what was possible for it. I also think about the early members of the church and the pioneers and their willingness to persevere through some very difficult challenges and circumstances because of their beliefs. And today, I'm sure you know people who have achieved really extraordinary things all because of the things they've chosen to believe. And you even have experiences where your belief has motivated the things you've done, the actions you've taken in your own life. And while there is a countless number of inspiring stories of people who were empowered by their beliefs to accomplish great things, we also know that beliefs can be equally disempowering. Sometimes we choose beliefs that are very negative or pessimistic and that hold us back. These can be beliefs about ourselves and our capabilities or beliefs about other people or how the world works. And so often these beliefs just seem like they're the truth, either because someone told us they're true or because a lot of other people believe them too. But these beliefs can really sabotage us and hinder our progress. Some of these disempowering beliefs could be things like other people are more special or privileged than I am, or maybe that if I fail, it means something's wrong with me. 
or the belief that other people's opinions define your worth and what you're capable of. Maybe you believe something like your success and value are determined by your looks or how much money you have or who your friends are or by the things that your children accomplish. Can you see how these beliefs can hinder you? Sometimes we know these things aren't true logically, but deep down we do believe them and attach to them and let them affect how we show up. Okay, so we've talked about why our beliefs are important and that we have the ability to question and even change them. So now let's talk about how to do this. There are basically three steps in this process. Step number one is to first find out what you believe right now. What are your current thoughts and beliefs? And this step is important because if we're not aware of what our beliefs are, we won't be able to see what they're creating for us. So remember when I talked about doing a thought download? It's just writing down all of your thoughts, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and getting them out of your head and onto paper. Um, And some good thought-provoking questions to get you started might be, what do you believe or how do you feel about yourself? What do you believe or how do you feel about your life? What do you believe about the people in your life, like your parents, your spouse, your kids, your extended family, your friends, people at church or at work? What do you believe about your past? And what do you believe about your future? What do you believe about your capacities and abilities? So becoming aware of your beliefs is crucial because your beliefs will determine how you feel about your life, and they will also determine the action you are taking in your life. And remember, a belief is just a thought we're deciding to accept as true. Many times we think that we're just making observations of facts, but really, we're just having thoughts. So remember, facts don't hurt us. They're neutral. They're free from drama and opinions. And thoughts are what we're making the facts mean. And it's really important to understand the difference between those two. So the next step is to decide what you want to believe. Look at the list you made of your thoughts and beliefs, and I like to make a little mark next to them. Maybe a plus sign for the ones that I like that are serving me, and a minus or negative sign next to the ones that don't. And the beliefs that do serve me, that's great. I want to keep those. They're creating good things in my life. But the beliefs that are causing results that I don't want, those are the ones I want to take a look at and probably change. So look at those beliefs that you don't think are serving you and determine what you would want to believe instead. Now, it's important that you choose a thought that you can attach to that really is believable for you. Most of the time, we can't immediately jump from one end of the spectrum to the other. For example, if you believe, I'm failing as a mother, it's probably not going to work to switch to a thought like, I'm an amazing mom. Your brain is most likely going to reject that one. But you can start by making that belief a little more neutral with a thought like, I'm a mom who's doing her best. Or maybe I believe it's possible that I'm doing some things right as a mother. Or if you're having a hard time resonating with anything close to those thoughts, maybe just shifting from I'm failing as a mom to I am a mom. These are what are called bridge thoughts or ladder thoughts, and they can help you kind of inch your way from the belief that's causing your pain or keeping you stuck to a new belief that will serve you much better. So find a thought that resonates with you that you can neutralize your current belief with and write that down. Now, the third step is to practice that new thought. Remember, a belief is simply a thought that we think over and over and eventually attach to. And I found that the more I think a thought and look for ways that it could be true, the more quickly I'm able to believe it. 
And beliefs are so interesting because as we talked about before, they really become a part of us. That's why it's so easy to get caught up in thinking we don't have control over our beliefs because sometimes they just seem so natural, like they just happen to us, like they've always been there, like they're just facts. But when we don't, what we don't realize is that our strongest beliefs are just those thoughts that we practice the most, the thoughts that we've fallen in love with, right? The thoughts that we practice the most grow the strongest. And for me, this process is very similar to what's described in the Book of Mormon when Alma is teaching the people about faith and how to develop a belief in something they aren't certain of. He tells them that faith is believing in something that they can't see, but that they want to be true. And he explains that all we need to start this process is just a particle of faith, just a simple desire to believe. We have to want to believe. And when we want to believe something, then the possibility of believing it opens up for us. Now, Alma is talking about the Word of God, the scriptures and the words of prophets, which are actually thoughts, right? Ideas that are being offered, which we choose to either believe or not to believe. And he goes on to describe a process in which we can, step by step, come to believe and accept these things for ourselves if we want to. He compares the word to a seed, which we plant, when we decide we want to believe a certain thought or idea. And he refers to it as giving a place within our minds for the seed to be planted. And as we nourish that seed, or in other words, practice that thought and look for the truth in it, the seed begins to sprout and grow bigger and stronger within us. Alma uses phrases like um, enlarge my soul and enlighten my understanding. And it begins to be delicious to me to describe how it feels to have this belief growing within us, the process of coming to love it. And the belief eventually becomes a part of us. We feel it in our minds and in our hearts. And another thing he tells us is that we will know if it's a good seed because of the fruit it produces. So planting and, nour and nourishing a seed will eventually produce some kind of fruit, right? And the thoughts that we plant and nourish are creating fruits or results for us. And I think a really good way to determine if a thought or belief is serving you is to ask yourself, what fruit or what result is this thought producing in my life? So I want to give you an example of this. I worked with a client who had a belief that was creating problems for her and causing her some suffering. She had the belief that church callings were kind of an indication of your standing before God and that some callings were more important or desirable than others. And that if you had one of the quote good callings, that meant that you were on the right track and somehow special or favored. And it sounds like kind of a silly and maybe arrogant belief when you say it out loud, but she felt that she had a lot of proof for this belief in different experiences she'd had throughout her life and in things that other people, even church leaders had said, that she'd interpreted to mean that a calling is kind of a manifestation of your righteousness. So when she had a calling that she thought was important, quote important, she felt very special and important and like God and other people at church were pleased or happy with her. And she was kind of giving herself permission to feel good and worthy and important, but it was kind of a false sense of confidence based on the circumstance of her being in a certain calling. Well, this belief became a problem when she had callings she didn't think were as important. And I think this is even a funny way to look at callings because everyone has a different opinion about callings and which are their favorites or the most important, right? Some people love positions of leadership while others would much rather teach a class or hang out with the kids in nursery. So the whole idea of certain callings being better or more desirable than others is totally subjective. So when this client had a calling that she didn't want because she didn't think it was fun or important, this is where the suffering came in. 
And she made it mean that she wasn't as important and that maybe God was disappointed in her and didn't think she could handle a, quote, better calling. And what do you think happened when she felt like her calling was important? She kind of shrunk back and wasn't excited for the opportunity to serve. She didn't put much time or effort into the calling. And she had the attitude that she just needed to wait it out until a better one came along. She also spent a lot of time and effort trying to prove her worth to herself and to God and others at church. And she was missing out on opportunities to learn and grow and serve. Her sense of value at church was completely based on what her calling was. And if she didn't have the right one, her self-worth and confidence took a major blow. Not really serving her, right? Now, she recognized that this belief was hurting her and that she really didn't like the way she was showing up at church and in her calling. So she decided she wanted to change that belief. But her brain was not going to jump from certain callings are more important than others to the other end of the spectrum because she had believed this for so long. She was really attached to it and really had a hard time seeing how it could not be true. She even had lots of evidence for it, right? But she knew this belief wasn't serving her and that she wanted to choose a new one. So this was a time where those latter thoughts that I mentioned before really came in handy. We started out neutralizing it with thoughts like, I have a calling. It's possible that all callings are important. Um, I'm in this calling right now for a reason. And also, God is using me to bless people in my ward with this calling. And one thought that was particularly powerful for her was an impression she'd had during a lesson, not related at all to callings, but about God's unconditional love for his children. And the thought that came to her was, God's children all have the same worth regardless of their callings. God would not use something like a calling that we have no control over to indicate or determine our eternal value and potential. And that was really powerful for her. She felt that impression was from the Spirit and an answer to her prayers. And she'd been asking for a higher understanding of God's perspective on this subject and help with finding a new belief about callings that better served her. So this insight was just what she needed to really shift that belief. And I think that the Spirit can assist us in this work by offering thoughts tailored to our individual experiences and personalities. He knows the best way to communicate these things to us and how we will be the most receptive. So I believe that the Holy Ghost is a huge part of thought work because he can help us uncover those thoughts that particularly particularly resonate with us as individuals. And I think also in the gospel, we have so many wonderful, uplifting thoughts to draw from. from. We're really lucky to have access to so much wisdom and truth. So this client, through practicing these thoughts and believing that they could be right, was eventually able to really accept the belief that her church calling did not define her worth. She was able to genuinely believe in the importance of every calling, and she found so much more fulfillment and joy in her own callings. And it was really amazing to see this transformation, how a belief that could be so disempowering could be turned around into a new belief that brought so much more peace and confidence and motivation for her as she served in her callings. So can you see how this idea of finding the beliefs that aren't working for us and being able to change them is so powerful? When we understand we really are in control of our beliefs and that they aren't just happening to us, it can be very empowering. We can believe new things about ourselves and about our relationships and about Heavenly Father and the gospel. And changing your beliefs will literally change your life because it will change the way you feel. It will change the actions you take and the results that you get. So it's important to remember that you don't have to have anyone's permission to change your beliefs. You don't have to have anyone's approval. You really can believe anything you want to believe. 
And other people get to choose to believe whatever they want to believe, even if it's different from or goes against what we believe, right? Does that make sense? You kind of need to sit with it for a while. I know I did. It took some time for me to really understand that I do have the ability to believe whatever I want, that believing better things isn't delusional or ridiculous, but choosing my beliefs actually creates a much more happy and intentional and fulfilling life. And again, I think the self-coaching model is a really helpful tool to kind of reveal what your beliefs are creating for you. And that awareness can be a real catalyst for change when we don't like what we're seeing. So look back at those questions I posed earlier in the podcast. In fact, I'll repeat them again real quick. So if you want to write them down, they are, what do you believe or how do you feel about yourself? What do you believe or how do you feel about your life? What do you believe about the people in your life, your parents, your spouse, your kids, your extended family, your friends, people at church or at work? What do you believe about your past? What do you believe about your future? And what do you believe about your capacities and abilities? So take these questions and just start writing and see what you come up with. You might be surprised by some of your beliefs, but don't try to filter, just get them out. And maybe there will be some that you want to delve into a little. Go ahead and plug those beliefs into some models and see what results they're creating for you. And again, as always, if you feel like you'd like a little extra guidance with all of this, you can go to my website at motherhoodelevated.com and sign up for a free mini session. And I would love to walk you through it. It's really eye-opening to take a look at this stuff. So that's it for today. I hope you have a great week and I will see you back here next time. Take care. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to check out my website at motherhoodelevated.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session to see what working with me looks like, as well as find information on classes I offer or get on the list for some weekly inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's motherhoodelevated.com. Have a great week.